0: you mm-hmm. What's up ghouls and gals, it's your long dead friend Marina, here to fuel your nightmares. This week I'm kicking it solo, everyone else had plans. I didn't. I usually don't. Because I'm a fucking ghost. Hard to connect with people when they can't see you, you know how it is. But here's one thing I will say. You can basically get into the creepiest shit ever, and no one even knows it. My first tale for you is actually about this crazy complex I haunted once in Pigman Park.
1: She ran upstairs.
0: No, she didn't. I saw a shadow in the kitchen. I used to love my job. Helping families move into beautiful communities, once my family never could afford, always brought me such joy. I was good at it. I was good at turning trashy complexes into luxury homes, even the most desperate cases. That's how I ended up here, covered in shit-smelling... God, what the fuck is this? It all started a few weeks ago. They sent me to clean up Pigman Place Apartments. Hey, Michael.
2: Anna, how are you? You almost there?
0: Yep, I'm pulling in now. Oh, perfect. Now, remember, the
3: buyers don't need a full turnaround. Just clean it up a little and whip those boys into shape. Remember, you're in charge. Don't let them scare you with a haunted hoo-ha.
0: <laughs> I know, no worries. I don't believe in that stuff. That's up there with little green men.
2: I knew I could count on you. Let me know if you need anything.
0: Will do. <coughs> oh my god.
3: <clears throat> yeah, the wind's blowing pretty hard today. It always makes the smell from the factory worse. Hi. Hi. I'm Bob Tanebomb.
0: <coughs> oh, hi, Bob. I'm Anna. Yeah, I
3: know who you are. Come on inside.
0: You were saying about the factory?
3: Oh, yeah, there's a dog food factory down the road. It's it a little gnarly, but nothing a bandana can't help. The AC units help, too.
0: Oh, so the entire complex has working ACs?
3: That's right. We aren't animals.
0: Of course, I'm sorry. I know my being here is...
3: It's fine. Business is business. That'll be Timmy. Hey, Tim, come in here and meet the new skirt.
0: Oh, I don't know.
3: Anna, meet Tim. My nephew and fellow complex manager.
0: A pleasure. Sure. Well, I'm excited to work with you both. I knew when I met that asshole he was going to be a problem. But I knew I could handle anything he threw at me. I grew up with four brothers. I can handle myself. That's when Rosita walked in. I should have known there was something more dangerous to Tim by the look on Rosita's face. Uh, hi.
4: Hi, Bob.
3: Rosita, mamacita. (laughs) Haven't seen you in a while.
0: Skipping lunch today?
3: Why, you got something for me? Asshole.
0: Alright, uh, that's enough. Tim, I think you should take a walk.
3: You're the boss, I guess. (laughs) See you around, Rosie.
4: It's Rosita.
0: I am so sorry about that. Who the hell are you? I'm Anna. I'm the new supervisor. It's nice to meet you. Does he always speak to you like that?
3: Oh, no, no, no. Timmy's just teasing. He and uh, Rosita are great friends. Aren't you, Rosita?
4: Look, I just came by to drop off the rest of my rent.
3: Ah, come on over here. I can help you. Ah, oh, damn machines. I tell you, technology moves too fast for me. Aha! There we go.
0: Bob spent the rest of the day showing me around. The entire complex looked like it had a tint to it. Like, all of the life and color had been washed away. The grass was dead, and several eviction signs were scattered on a few doors.
3: Yeah, we give residents a break on uh, the rent when they're consistent. A lot of them are in recovery. I like to help them out. A lot of places won't rent to them.
0: I wonder why.
3: Not a believer in second chances, I see.
0: You've had 20 evictions in the last three years. That's unusually high, but it makes sense now. We passed a dull playground. A single little girl played on the swings. She froze when she saw us. Hello. She just stared. Her mother yelled at her from a second floor patio.
5: Parker, get inside, now!
0: Jesus.
3: Yeah, people get overprotective here since, you know.
0: Ah, I was waiting for this. The cult. We kept moving, eventually stopping in front of it the abandoned four-unit building at the back edge of the property. A perimeter of caution tape remained, as well as dead flowers left to honor the victims.
3: Yep, here we are.
0: It's been empty all this time?
3: Oh yeah, Minister uh, Duke and his followers did some damage before they departed. We haven't been given the funds to fix it yet. Twenty-four people huddled in together. They even cut out holes in the ceilings of the bottom units and built ladders so they could move freely within the units
0: and no one noticed
3: now wait just a minute
0: I didn't mean to offend it just seems like there was a lot of warning signs
3: In all honesty they seem pretty normal
0: and the child
3: never found his body they snatched him coming home from school so they say
0: all that for what did he used to say aliens yep jeez when was the last time you did a walkthrough? I walked towards one of the front unit doors when the smell hit again.
3: <coughs> that, that's enough. Let's get back before the winds get stronger. What winds? Come on.
0: The next day, while Tim and Bob were at lunch, Rosita came back. She looked so tired. I couldn't tell if it was from lack of sleep or a mark of her past. Hi. Rosita! Right? Right? Hi, how can I help you? Are they? Oh no, both at lunch. Good. She kept looking out the window, making sure they weren't coming back. I, uh,
4: I wanted to talk to you about the complex.
0: Oh, I would love that! I wanted to talk to you too, actually. Here, come with me. I just wanted to go drop off this package to one of the tenants. Ah, that breeze is so refreshing. Funny there's no smell right now. That's because they haven't fed. I'm sorry? I came to warn you- Is that my package? Marlene Hill, apartment 24D. She was tall with long gray hair. You could tell she had a wild past. The boots she wore still bore her biker club's emblem. The hundreds of plants on her patio proved she was just trying to write out what was left of life and peace. Uh, Marlene Hill? I'm Anna, a new manager. New manager? Does that mean that piece of shit Tim is gone? Afraid not. I'm very sorry about him. I've mentioned him in my report. (laughs) Justice against a pig like Tim? Doubtful. There it is! A new pot for my baby. She's propagated so well. These are nice. Thanks.
4: Marlene sells them at the flea market on Sundays. be a lot easier if I had a hand. You know I don't do mornings. You do
0: look a little tired.
4: That's because I couldn't sleep. He was watching me from the
0: window. Here we go.
4: It's true. What do you mean?
0: Alright, as much as I love a good conspiracy theory, I need to repot my baby. Nice to meet you, Anna. Rosita, don't kick the beehive. Rosita told me all about her theory over coffee. We drank it on the playground because she was afraid the men would return. Tim was behind it all, she said. The Disappearances,
4: the smell. He only takes people in recovery. No one will miss us. But
0: he can't be a part of the cult, Rosita. He would have been a kid. Exactly. He was groomed. I know he's a dick, but I just don't think he's murdering people. That's a big accusation. Did you go to the police? Ugh, I did. No one believes an addict. There was nothing I could say. Tell me about the watching you.
4: I think he's trying to break me down, so that it's easier to
0: take me. I didn't believe Rosita, but I refused to make her feel crazy. And even if what she said wasn't true, something was going on, and it was part of my job to find out. The next day, another package came in for Marlene.
3: Looks like she's got another one. Tim, carry this to 24D. Ugh, that old geezer should stop wasting money.
0: I can take it. I met Marlene yesterday. It's nice when people have a hobby. It builds character. (laughs) Besides, I don't like sitting all day. Makes me feel... lazy. That got him.
1: Alright, give it to
0: me. I shouldn't have to insult him to get him to do any work.
3: Ah, he's just a kid.
0: I know he's your nephew, Bob, but maybe it's time to push towards something else. Half of the mistakes in these records were made by him.
3: Ah, maybe you're right. He's been through a lot, so I take it easy on him. Maybe it is time for some tough love. Well, she's gone. Ah, shit, not Marlene. What do you mean? I mean, she's gone. Packed up a heap of plants and took some of the photos off her walls. I saw from the window. She's gone.
0: But why would she leave when she's expecting a package? Recovery is fickle. We shouldn't jump to conclusions.
3: I mean, she was getting behind in rent. We worked out a plan and a payment was scheduled this week, but... I'll get the keys, and we can go make sure she's all right.
0: We walked through Marlene's apartment. It smelled like fresh soil. Her drawers had been emptied, and there were spots from where a few photos had been removed.
3: Yeah, that's right. Marlene Hill. I appreciate that, officer. Goodbye now. Well, the report's made, but doubtful they'll find her. She had friends in New Mexico from her riding days. I imagine she went there.
0: It just doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, now you know it's not just a few paper mistakes. Sometimes you do someone a favor and they just don't deserve.
0: Tim and Bob headed out the front door, but something caught my eye on the fridge. Taped to the freezer door was Marlene's sobriety chips, proudly displayed. Almost five years worth. What went wrong? It felt eerie. I jumped back and looked out the window. I just caught a glimpse of Rosita running away. She had been watching us.
3: I know you're upset, Anna, but it happens. I'll finish the paperwork in the morning. You get some rest.
0: Bob walked me to my car, then joined Tim in front of the office. They waited for me to drive out the apartment gates before turning and walking away. Jesus Christ!
4: It's me, it's me! What the hell are you doing? I have to show you something. I'm not going anywhere with you. Why were you spying on us? Because Marlene asked me to help her make some deliveries this morning. When I got there, she didn't answer. I waited until I saw Tim come and go inside. He was dropping off a package. No! Before that, he went inside alone and walked out with a duffel bag. No, that's... I followed him to the coat building. He went inside. We have to see if Marlene is there. If that's true, we need to call the police. They won't help us. They won't believe us. Please.
0: She stared at me, her eyes begging me to believe her. Tim was definitely shady, but kidnapping? Murder? Alright, hold on.
4: What's that? Pepper spray? You gonna pepper some chicken?
0: Are we doing this or what? Yes, yes, sorry. Come on. Ugh, smells worse back here.
4: It's coming from the building.
0: No, the factory. I can see it driving into work. That factory's
4: been closed for the last five years, Anna. Oh. Here, use this.
0: The smell doesn't bother me as much. She handed me a purple bandana. She helped me get it on my face and positioned it just right so that I could still breathe without the smell. Rosita, how long have you lived here? Three
4: years. My sister and I moved into a two-bedroom. I moved into a single when she... Ran away? She didn't run away. Sorry, sorry. Let's just go around back. That's how we got in.
0: What's that? Over here. We crouched behind some bushes. Some of the last foliage left alive. We crept toward the noises until we saw her. Marlene lay on the ground in a pool of blood, half in and half outside of the doorway to one of the abandoned units. She looked like she had been trying to get away. She almost made it. The pool of blood grew. She didn't scream. She was in shock. I pulled out my pepper spray. Rosita grabbed my hand and shook her head. We were too late. The inside of the door was pitch black. We couldn't see who was holding Marlene down. Rosita tucked at my hand to lead me away. Tears quietly rolled down her cheeks. A twig broke under our feet. That's when we saw them. Two glowing blue eyes staring back at us. Run! (sighs) Run! Was that a pig? That was Tim. That was an animal. It stood up. Get in my car, now. I've never been so terrified in my life. I drove away, but in my side mirror, I saw it. It was in Tim's clothes, but its face. It was a pig, not a cute piglet type. A hardened, angry boar's face. Look out!
4: That was close. Are you okay? What the hell was that? I... I don't know. At least we got away.
0: (laughs) I woke up with my hands tied in one of the abandoned units with what was left of Marlene's body. I heard them coming, so I threw myself back down and pretended to be passed out.
1: I told you she wasn't awake. Quit wasting my time. I thought I heard her wake up. It's not my fault you crashed the car. Well, I wouldn't have had to if you'd caught him. Now come on. I've been trying to give that Rosita a try. I bet she tastes nice and sweet.
0: It wasn't a dream. It was Tim and Bob. What the hell were they? I bit at my binds, but I couldn't get them untied. Then I saw it protruding out of Marlene's blood-soaked pants were her keys and her pocket knife. I cut myself loose. Sorry, Marlene. Bob and Tim were clearly not of this world. I love my job, but fuck this. I descended through a few empty rooms. All of the windows and doors were sealed. Oh my god. The smell was coming from a room in one of the lower units. I skipped it. In a kitchen, I saw Tim standing over Rosita.
3: Oh, Rosita, Mamacita.
1: You look good enough to eat.
0: (laughs) I stabbed him in the ear. I went to pull Rosita up, but Tim slapped me away. I ran through what felt like two units... I heard them both coming now.
3: Why'd you let her
1: stab you like that? This wasn't a choice.
0: I had no choice. And now, here I am. Trapped in a cold house with two psycho pigmen. Pigmen! I get it now. But what is this? The entire room is covered in it. I felt around for a light switch. (gasps) In the center of the room, three cocooned pig-person fetuses lay covered in the goo. I stepped closer for a better look, holding my nose. This was where the smell was coming from. These living fetuses.
1: Beautiful, aren't they? They're almost ready. Just a few more days now.
0: What the fuck are you?
1: (laughs) I told you, I'm just a simple old man. Protecting what's his.
0: You're no man.
1: Well, you got me there. Been on your planet so long though, I feel you rubbing off on me.
0: You! You're the alien Minister Duke wrote about! That came to him!
1: Oh, Duke, he was loyal. I told him we needed fresh young blood for my children. And he and his followers more than obliged.
0: You still killed them.
1: Ah, oh, Duke was getting too chatty. You humans are so easily manipulated, so I may have made another request and promised them a trip to the stars. After death, of course.
0: Free to play the haunted curse card from then on.
1: Now you're getting it.
0: And the missing tenants?
1: No one misses a junkie.
0: You're wrong. They're still people. They have loved ones. I have loved ones. They will come.
1: Oh, I'm not going to eat you. You see Rosita finally snapped. You called her crazy and, well, good night, sweet Anna. Stop. Hold on now,
0: don't. I still had my pepper spray. I'm not that sweet. I will pepper the shit out of these, whatever the hell these are. See if they survive the seasoning. It shoots up to six feet. Mm.
1: Just calm down, all right?
0: Move. Over there. Now.
1: I'm going, I'm going. Tim!
0: Tim! She's over here! I searched the rooms for Rosita. I could hear Tim on the floor above me. She wasn't in the kitchen, but on the counter was a lighter. I knew what to do. I tried the stove. It still worked. Anna? Rosita! I found Rosita propped up against the wall of a neighboring room. She was bleeding. A giant chunk of flesh had been bitten out of her right thigh. Shh, it's okay, it's okay. Here. Rosita's bandana was still around my neck. I tied it around her wound when Tim tackled me. I'll kill you, you stupid bitch. Ah, damn it! He bit down on my shoulder. I felt the warm drips of blood leak out.
4: for my sister and Marlene. Asshole. Wait! Anna, come on.
0: I held out the lighter. The gas. Back up.
4: Gimme. Barbecued pork? Coming up.
0: The whole building went up fast. We watched as years of decay and death burned away. God, I miss bacon. When you're dead, even if you eat it, you can never really taste it. It's just one of the countless annoyances of life in the afterlife. I'm telling you. Enjoy your time. And your bacon. My next tale is about this wild bookstore I used to visit when I was alive. I mean, who doesn't like to buy tattered classics? Especially when they're being sold in a place called The Magic Door.
6: I remember the last day I had with my grandpa while he was still alive very vividly. A typical Saturday afternoon at our local haunt, the Magic Door Used Bookstore.
5: (gasps) Grandpa, I finally found it! I sing the body electric with the original cover and a personalized message from the author to a Mr. P. Scott.
2: Oh, those are always the best finds, my girl. What did Bradbury have to say?
5: Mr. P. Scott. I wish you all the best on your journey to becoming a writer. I hope to see your work on a shelf next to mine someday soon. And then he signed it!
2: Now, that's the keeper for sure. Pure gold.
6: We had always bonded over books, used in particular. Grandpa never bought a book he considered to be too hot off the presses. He thought that even if the writer had finished writing it, the story itself still needed time to simmer in the outside world. Think of
2: it... Like trying to eat your dinner the second it's finished being prepared. If you're too eager for the next delicious thing, you only burned your tongue and ruined the whole meal for yourself. Reading is the same.
6: The magic door was our safe haven. We'd spend every Saturday digging for gold. Sometimes we wouldn't find anything, but other times we'd unearth relics seemingly lost to time. Our bounties may have been dusty, torn, and barely readable, but our hearts were rich with the words of Austin, Orwell, and Angelou.
2: Now, shall we examine our bounty for the day? Ready. Let's see, we've got, uh, one extra-loved copy of One Hundred Years of Solitude for the Lady one mint condition copy of Lolita for the Gentleman, a tattered third-edition print of Moby Dick, and of course, our signed copy of I Sing the Body Electric.
5: (laughs) Quite the treasure hunt. Oh, yes, definitely.
2: Shall we get home and get reading?
5: I thought you'd never ask. That
6: night, my mom got the call.
5: Hello? Yes, my father.
6: All signs pointed to a heart attack. Since he lived alone, there was no one there to help him. If there had been, he might have survived.
5: Laura, honey, are you awake? We've got to go to... to... I'm awake, and I heard.
6: (laughs) It was hard for me to understand why the overwhelming feeling of grief eluded me while my mother laid on the floor in agony. I felt a certain level of calm I haven't managed to achieve since. I suspect now that it was because somehow I knew I would see him again soon. That night was the first time I'd had the dream. I was at the magic door, but it was different. The world beyond the front window was shrouded in an expansive, pitch-black darkness. The overfilled bookshelves were stacked with unmarked books. I grabbed one from the shelf and sifted through the pages, revealing blank parchment between the covers. Hello? I turned the corner that led to the reading room. At the end of the row of bookshelves, I could see the back of a man sitting at the table, flipping through the pages of a book and whistling. Hello? The man stopped abruptly and set down the book. He slowly turned to reveal his face. It was my grandpa. He smiled wide and stood and held his arms out towards me. Why, Laura,
2: I've been waiting for you.
6: Grandpa? But I thought…
2: Oh, let's not talk about that now. We've only got so much time.
6: He pointed to a clock on the wall next to the table. The ticks were strong and loud. Hurry up, no time to waste, they seemed to say. Come,
2: sit down. I found something in the stacks I think you're really going to love.
6: I reluctantly moved forward, my curiosity overpowering my growing uneasiness. When I stepped up to the chair, I took a good look at my grandpa's face. He looked almost exactly the same, except for the color of his eyes. The warm, golden brown from before had been replaced with a thick black. When he noticed my staring, he smiled.
2: I know it's different. I scare myself sometimes, too, just looking in the mirror. Then again, I can't tell if that's the eyes or the gut. I think somehow my body must have been replaced with someone older and fatter.
5: I hate to break it to you, Gramps, but that's definitely your body.
2: Nonsense!"
6: We stared at one another, trying not to be the first to laugh. Then... (laughs) My girl... It was him. We were really together again. We spent the rest of our time together reading through a translated version of The Little Prince. It was the only book in the store that wasn't blank. Grandpa, it appeared, held the secret key to unlock the words. I would later come to find that he held keys to much more.
5: Laurel? Honey, it's time to wake up. Your alarm's been going off for five minutes.
6: What time is
5: it? 7.15. Are you sure you're ready to go back to school if you need to take more time? Mom, I'm fine. I want to go. Well, if you're sure, you're sure. Just, you look so tired.
6: I squinted at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles beginning to form beneath my eyes. I rubbed them and turned back to my mom.
5: It was just a weird night of sleep. I'll be fine. (sighs) Hey, girl. You're a good one, you know that? Shit, oh, I gotta go. I'll be late for my shift. Lunch is in the fridge, keys are on the counter. Don't forget to wear your bike helmet. Love you, kiddo. Love you, too.
6: By that night, I ached for sleep. I couldn't shake the tiredness over the course of the day. It was as if the energy had been sucked out of me, and all I could think about was closing my eyes and surrounding myself in a blanket of darkness. When I started to doze off at the dinner table, Mom sent me to bed early. I woke up in the magic door. Energy restored and curiosity peaked. I followed the maze of bookshelves to the reading room. Grandpa stood next to the table, hands on hips, pretending to be stern.
2: It's not nice to keep a grandpa waiting, you know.
5: My deepest apologies, good sir. Apology accepted, my lady. (laughs) 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 What are we reading today, Gramps? Well, I thought
2: we might do a little scavenging.
5: But all of the books are empty. How will we know if we found something good?
2: We won't. That's the fun of it. You take that side of the store, and I'll take this side, and we'll both bring back as many books as we can carry. After that, the real fun begins.
6: (laughs) I ran to the farthest corner of my side of the bookstore and started to peruse the shelves. I ran my fingers along the textured covers of unreadable books stopping on one color to deep purple. I pulled it from the shelf, revealing in its place a pale face staring back at me from the other side. <gasps> I stepped back into another bookcase, knocking a few books off the shelves. I stared as the books on the shelf in front of me slowly slid from their spaces and fell to the floor, revealing the full shape of the stranger on the other side. A thin, wispy creature stood staring back at me. Then, it moved through the shelves and positioned itself before me. It stared at me with thick, black eyes.
5: Child,
1: you do not belong in this place. You must, you must go. go.
6: Who are you? What are you doing in my dream?
1: You must, you must go. go.
5: No! You go!
6: It stepped towards me, arms outstretched, ready to grab me. <laughs> Laura! I turned to see Grandpa rush around the corner. When I turned back, the thing was gone. All that was left was the mess of books at my feet.
2: Are you okay?
6: What happened? I stared at him, unsure if it would ruin the dream to tell him about the creature.
5: I I, I went to pull a book from the shelf
6: and these all came down with it. I remembered the purple book in my hand and made a show of holding it up. We spent the rest of the dream unlocking the books from our scavenger hunt. Soon enough, it was almost as if the intruder had never been there at all. A distant memory of something undeserving of our attention. And yet, its words lingered with me as I sat next to Grandpa. I shivered at the thought, and Grandpa's grasp around me suddenly felt more forceful than before. I watched him read on with wary eyes.
5: Mom, what's going on? Oh my god, Laura! Oh my goodness!
6: My mom laid over me and sobbed into my blankets. I tried to reach my arm over her to soothe her, but I was weak. I realized then how frail I felt. My body felt numb, and my eyes were heavy. I looked around the room, orienting myself. I stopped to catch a glimpse of my reflection in a hanging mirror next to the bathroom. The skin under my eyes had formed deep, drooping crevices that were blue and purple.
5: Mom, what happened to me? You wouldn't wake up, honey. You've been sleeping for four days. I was was so worried about I thought I would lose you too! She just woke up. What is going on with my daughter?
6: As she talked to the doctor, my mind wandered. The rational part of me knew that the dream was connected, but the emotional part didn't want to think that spending time with Grandpa could be harmful. Good dreams can't kill you, can they? And then... Almost as if I had prompted the voice, the stranger's words rang in my head again.
1: He not he not his his mind. Mind.
6: My blood ran cold, and I shivered. Maybe good dreams are just nightmares in disguise. Heaven's prison. Come
5: see. me.
2: night. <laughs> again, it-
5: Laura honey, I'm just gonna step out to grab a soda. Do you want anything? I brought enough change for the good stuff. Oh, I'm okay, Mom. You go ahead.
6: Okay. I'll be right back. Keep those papers open. I'll need you to fill me in on what I missed. I'm on it. I fixed my eyes on the TV screen, trying to focus. They grew heavier with each passing minute. Somewhere, a clock ticked. I sat up straight, fighting the urge to relax and close my eyes. The ticking of the clock grew louder, almost deafening. The laugh track from the sitcom gave way to the sound. And then... I was back in the magic door, sitting at the table in the reading room. (gasps) The clock on the wall ticked slower than it ever had. My grandpa rounded the corner then and jumped when he noticed me, surprised by my presence.
2: Laura, you're early today.
6: I... I'm sorry. No need to apologize, my girl. I'm glad
2: to see you. And in fact, I've got a surprise for you.
6: A surprise? He pulled out a chair and sat across from me. He smiled wide and it made me uneasy. Behind his warm gaze... I could sense something tense and sinister. I've just come across the most amazing thing in one of my books. Something that
2: could change everything for the better, I think. Laura, don't you love it here? I mean, how perfect is this place? Have you ever seen the magic door? look looks so beautiful.
5: I... I do love the magic door. I always have, Grandpa.
2: Ah, that's my girl. Now. All
6: you have to do is stay awake past the countdown.
2: It's that simple.
6: He gestured toward the clock on the wall, the perpetual ticking growing evident with each passing
5: second. What will that mean, Grandpa? We'll stay here.
2: And every day from now on will be a Saturday at the magic door.
6: <gasps> Panic rose inside of me then, and I could hear my mom's worried words through her sobs.
4: have been sleeping this.
6: But I can't! His face hardened at my response. Suddenly, he didn't look like my grandpa at all, but someone else, something else. His dark eyes focused on me and he leaned forward.
1: That's not very nice,
2: Laura. Do you know what will happen if you don't stay? No. This place is your creation, Laura. You've made it for us, a marvelous invention. But a feat such as this drains strength if the host energy is being pulled in too many directions. This magic door can never meet its true potential without you here to maintain it.
5: But... what about Mom?
2: She'll be fine. Me, on the other hand... What? If you don't stay, I'll have nowhere to exist without this magic door to anchor me, my soul would be lost. Is that what you want?
6: My rational mind could see that this was a trap, that this version of my grandpa was willing to do anything to stay. But the thought of losing him again scared me. What would it mean for his soul to be lost?
2: I know we'll be happy here, Laura, And now we'll have all the time we need to read every book we've ever wanted. What do you say we get a head start?
6: I stood then, deciding to play along until I could figure out an escape. Or perhaps, until I could find the creature. You take that side, I'll take this side.
2: That's my girl.
6: I made my way to the farthest end of my half of the bookstore, searching for it. As I walked, I could hear the faint sound of my mother's voice.
5: Laura, wake up. Laura, please. Laura
6: followed the sound, weaving through bookshelves and overstacked piles. As I walked, my mother's voice guided me, growing louder with each step. I turned a corner and froze, coming upon the source of the sound. I had found it standing between the same shelves as before. Its head tilted back and light glowed from its mouth, eyes, and ears. My mother's voice rang through its body. It turned its gaze down to me, and the light within it disappeared. I stared at it,
5: waiting.
1: Child, you have not heeded my warning. You have given too much strength to this place.
5: I didn't mean to. I didn't realize.
1: We must go now, and never return. But
5: what about Grandpa?
1: He is not meant to be here. He must go as well.
5: But what will happen to him?
1: That is not for you to, to know, know now,
5: child. child. Come. come.
6: It held its hand out to me, and beneath its robe, the glowing began again. I moved toward it, lured by an invisible gravitational pull.
1: come. come. come.
6: As I approached, the being opened the robe to reveal a bright light. My mother's voice emerged from the beyond. From behind me, I could hear my grandpa rushing towards me. I wanted to turn back, to face him one last time, but the pull of the light held my gaze forward. From the corners of my eyes, I could see the shelves crumbling with each step I took. Books fell into oblivion as the floor disappeared beneath my feet. Behind me, the thing that was my grandpa scrambled to reach me.
2: Come back here, you little bitch.
6: My hair stood on end, and a flash of fear ran through me could feel it, whatever it was, gaining on me as I inched forward.
5: Grandpa, please let me go. I have to go.
6: I walked into the glowing light, and the soft beep of a heart monitor sounded in the distance. I could hear my mom's voice calling to me.
5: Laura? Laura?
6: I made a step to move towards it, then stopped myself. Something in me had to look. One last time, I turned to face the thing that was my grandpa in frozen (gasps) horror. A shadowy figure stood at the edge of the crumbling magic door. It stared at me through hollow eye sockets and opened its mouth wide to reveal an endless darkness. A deafening scream rang out from it. The light began to fade and darkness took its place. The figure moved toward me and I turned and ran. I followed the fading light and let the distant beeps guide me. The darkness surrounded me, and I could feel the air shift as it reached out and swiped its claws at my neck, just as the light threatened to fade away entirely. I spent the next few weeks in the hospital recovering. I had lost a month on my last trip to the magic door. It took me a while to feel comfortable even closing my eyes after that. Every time that I did, I would see that creature reaching for me. I never had the dream again. In fact, I never dream at all anymore. I think on some subconscious level, my mind can only see them as a trap. Sometimes I worry about what happened to my grandpa. Was he ever really there at all? Has his soul really been lost? Or has he found another magic door to someone else's dreams? The last thought makes my blood run cold because of what I now know. Even the sweetest dream could merely be a nightmare in disguise.
0: Jeez, have fun going to sleep tonight after that. If you see a grandpa you don't recognize, run. But with that, I'm a lot of scary stories, which ultimately sucks because I've got nothing but time. Oh well. Until next time, I've been Marina Long Dead. Make sure to tune in next time for more spooky tales, and remember, not everything is truly as it seems. A Bad Feeling Horror Podcast is an original production of the Writer Die Chicks, with music and sound designed by Christopher Adrian. Pigment Park was written and directed by Deanna Marie Gomez. The Magic Door was written and directed by Mercedes K. Milner, and is dedicated in loving memory to Jay the King Lowry. In the words of Marina Longdead, Welcome to the Great Beyond, my friend. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at a Bad Feeling Horror Podcast and abfhorrorpod underscore official.